Hello and welcome to our Tag One Team Talk on Serenity Notes. It's an awesome new application that enables you to do collaborative note taking across devices with multiple users in real time using end to end encryption to keep all your data and information private and secure. It also has a game changing SDK so that you can add this to your applications in the future without having to deal with all of the crazy, complicated underlying complexities that we're going to get into. I'm Michael Myers, the Managing Director at Tag One Consulting, and I'm joined today by Nick Graff, the founder of Serenity Notes, who's based out of Vienna. Nick is engaged in a lot of open source communities. He organizes ReasonComp, is a board member of the Rescript Association, co-creator of the Draft.js plugin. He's also worked with Tag One on projects, and he's been a regular guest on our Tag One team talks. So Nick, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. <laughs> so tell me, what is Serenity Notes? So Serenity Notes, as you already mentioned, is like a note-taking app. But the, the special or the unique thing about it is that it's end-to-end -end encrypted, but not only like end-to-end -end encryption for your own notes, but also for with other people. And it's, yeah, I mean... Basically, what I, what I try to do is I try to show that uh, good user experience and privacy and security can be combined. Often when you have these tools that are very private and secure, they, they are very clunky or they built built from nerds for nerds. But yeah, I wanted to, to, to show that this, yeah, you can, you can build something for, for everyone and still have this good user experience. How did you come up with the name Serenity Notes? Well, that, that was a tough uh, challenge. I, yeah, I probably have a list still somewhere with like 300 different names and, and all of them had like, yeah, I can't use it because of this, this other product or, or like, yeah, there might be, it might be connected to something else that I don't want it. And yeah, and then I found the word serene and I like the idea of, of and also next up serenity, the idea of like, I mean, came from the idea to like, what's the feeling that this application should give you and you want to have the, the, the serenity that your data is safe and and that you you don't have to worry about your data anymore because yeah you basically don't have to trust anybody else like running a server and the database and make sure they, they run a secure system you you know by by its design that and the, the implementation that yeah nobody else can read your data except you can you choose to give them access to yeah, I love it. It's a great name. Exactly. That's that's what I was thinking is, you know, is for that reason. I, I can rest in peace with comfort that, you know, all my data is secure. Where can folks check it out? What's what's the best place to go? So you can go to serenity.re and yeah, then there is overview of the features and the, the security implications and, and demo videos of like uh, how it works, the editor itself, how you sign up. It's just one click button and so on and so forth. Uh, so I assume you picked a .re domain name because Reunion is serene. It's it's a beautiful island of peace. Kind of. Multiple reasons. I, for once, yeah, I wanted to have, I mean, I was thinking of notes.com, but that, that was already taken. And it was nice because RE is also under the control, or like it's the same organization as the French government. So it's in Europe. And as a European, I like to have like everything under the same jurisdiction. And then like... Ideally, my, the data, the database where all the data, the encrypted data is stored and everything like 
yeah, personally, I like to have everything as much as possible in, in, in Europe. Long term, this should think, make things easier. This was the idea. If it will work out, let's see. Um, but yeah, it was free and, and she checked another tick boxes like the, having it in Europe and then uh, just went for it. <laughs> I love it. What was the inspiration? Why did you create Serenity Notes? So the, I mean, like the very first inspiration probably was, I don't know who was it, but basically there was this idea of, of people telling like, if you think about society in, in like, I don't know, three, 400 years. And then like, if you think about the properties of communication and, or, and so on and so forth, or like, will we, will we be multiplanetary and whatnot is, but also like, yeah, if you think about communication, will everything like there's for me there could be two paths everything is completely transparent or everything or like almost everything you can have it end to end encrypted and this is like the the default that that could be i mean this this is like different utopia you can think of uh, and let's see if we if it actually will be but yeah and, and this basically got me thinking it's like interestingly like we got a lot of like I mean, WhatsApp adapted, adopted the, the signal protocol and yeah, and then there's signal and then people care about privacy or tend to care more about it over time, especially with, with better options. Like if, if you have two options and one is uh, has good privacy and one doesn't, then most people pick the privacy one. Um, and yeah, so I thought about like, but if, if, if this works out for messaging, why don't we have that for data? Like we could implement this and one big blocker as far as understood was always like how to merge data in google invented this algorithm to do collaborative data documents and and basically any kind of data ot operational transform but this always needed a server at least in the past some people working on on the client side uh, version but always needed a server to to like combine the data and to, so everybody ends up in the same state with all the updates and then but then CRDTs came out. I mean, CRDTs are pretty young. I think the first paper was 2008. And yeah, when I worked with Kevin Jans on, on a tag one project, then basically this, this got me thinking like, hey, so I have this old idea that I never really like could move forward to, but CRDTs, if I combine it with end-to-end -end encryption, you can suddenly like make this one possible utopia happen and then yeah it's it's suddenly it becomes a real possibility and and then it that got me started to like explore how to marry these two technologies what are the, the upsides downsides and and basically one and a half years ago started this journey of like first i had to i was starting to dig into end end to end encryption and, and learning about it and and yeah took a while but eventually got there got a prototype working and then evolved it in two three months to serenity notes and launched it <laughs> i love that you're thinking three four hundred years in advance um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you were to look three to four years in advance like what's your dream for this in the short term like you know yeah, well, there, there's several ways how this could evolve. I mean, basically, if I had unlimited resources, I would put several teams on making documents app, making spreadsheets app, making a calendar app, making 
basically everything that you can think is useful and like a game engine and uh, SDK and whatnot, I would, I would make, try to make every, all of this possible. Currently I'm, I'm in the process, I launched just a couple of weeks back. So I'm in the process of like figuring out what is a good path forward. I want to definitely continue with the notes app and involve it, but also like thinking a lot about SDK or if the notes app should actually evolve into like full flash documents application, see how it goes. <laughs> Top decisions. Yeah. And, you know, no matter how much money and how many resources you have, you're, you're always going to be constrained and, yes. you know, uh, it's going to be difficult to, to divide that up. I think it's going to be successful either way. The note taking app is awesome. The SDK is, is amazing. Uh, you know, you've got two great things going here. How does Serenity Note compare to some of the other note taking apps out there? Because I mean, there's, there's a lot of apps out there that allow you to take notes, Apple Notes, there's even, you know, Google Docs, Keep, you know, what, what differentiates serenity yeah so for once the, the big differentiator is the end-to-end -end encryption and the end-to-end -end encryption is is built on a, a library called uh, called Olm, make all um this basically is, is a double ratchet implementation is like similar to the signal protocol basically almost the underlying layer of of the matrix end-to-end -end encryption and so basically the, the, the one big selling point is, is, yeah, is this really secure end-to-end -end encryption? Other than that, I mean, there's a lot of things that I care about. Like I want to keep it very usable. So if you, there's plenty of note-taking apps that are, that are have good security and good encryption, but then they are very clunky to use or that the editor is very confusing and, and so on. So I... My goal is to, to have like good usability, a lot of useful features like checklists and so on. Checklists are already there and yeah, combine this with the, with the security. Other than that, I mean, Apple Notes is excellent. I haven't used Google Keep, but I, I, I use Google Docs a lot in, in different contexts. And yeah, it's also it's, it's good work. Nothing, nothing to challenge there. Just just see what what they do and learn from them and 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 try to offer try yeah try to offer good good experiences they do do, do any of these other systems do real-time collaboration yes i mean google docs definitely do does real-time collaboration apple notes i think with some delay at least for me it's, it feels always delayed yeah there, there are plenty of, of others that are that, yeah i think notion i don't know if they I think they also have like real-time collaboration, but then, yeah, it's all, all of them are encrypted addressed. So the, the data is encrypted between your device, your browser and the servers, but in the end, they can always read your data. They probably don't, but you never know. <laughs> well, I mean, there's also security breaches, even if they're not reading your exactly. data, you know, unfortunately organizations get hacked and, and there's data leaks. And so... You know, there was Signal just put, had a great blog post like a week or two ago where like the government was, you know, made a, a pretty broad like request for information. And they're just like, sorry, we, we don't have anything. Like we can't provide you with any of this. And so, you know, it protects you from so many different angles. And it, it blows my mind, you know, to think about the number of apps. I mean, most applications don't use end, end encryption. You know, Google Docs, I love it. I use it all day long. You know, it, it doesn't use end-to-end -end encryption. You know, Gmail, like all of the applications that I use, you know, all day long, none of them do end-to-end -end encryption. It's mind-blowing. Absolutely, so, yeah. And I also, like, 
I mean, I have no idea what are the, the, the impacts on NDAs and so on. I mean, I put very sensible information in my note-taking apps. And like, let's say one one provider gets hacked and, and a lot of data is, is just exposed. Like, does this like impact my NDA? Like, I'm not 100% certain, but I think GDPR would probably be affected. Like, if you put customer data into a Google Doc and then this get exposed, it's like in Europe, there's probably would be a big problem, but uh, yeah, I don't know how all this data processor, how the liability works. Probably something to really read up on and to have a better story, but, or really pitch it. But yeah, there's, there's just by design, it's, it's, yeah. So we'll come back to end to end because I want to talk about how that, you know, fits into the features and functionality. So that, that's a good segue. Like walk me through how Serenity notes works right I, I, how do i get started you know what does it do how does it work yeah sure so there's there's let's start from the onboarding screen or the welcome screen you basically have two options you can with one click create an account and sign up and that's it or you can link the, the this device to your existing account so what happens is at the core there's like there's always the device basically once you click this button you create private keys for your device and these private keys are, are basically identifies your device. And this is like, you don't have a password, but the, the keys are stored on your device. And then you also create another pair of, of, of keys, which are your user keys. And these are, so there's always, there's this key pair for your device and there's this key pair for your user. The user then is uh, shared between the devices. So if you link multiple devices, this user key pair is shared. Right now, I think this is, not ideal. In the future, I have a lot of ideas how to rotate these user keys or have like multiple of them. But yeah, this it makes the system more complex, but also more you can have better security implications. Yeah, and then basically well, I, you. Go I, I, I gotta to the- ask you about that sign up first because like no no BS. This was the most amazing sign up process <laughs> I've ever experienced. I I was like flabbergasted. It was it's like you literally go to the site, click a button and you have, you're up and running with an account. Like there's no, like give me your email address, your name, your like, you know, go click a confirmation. Like it was like, literally I was just instantly there. Come up with that idea. That's, I mean, that's amazing. Like, is that based on anything or? Um, yes and no. I mean, it, it's, it's a lot of things, but basically what I wanted to have is like, I mean, I want to go user experience first. And for me, if you don't necessarily like at some point when I when I uh, figured out what well you don't need your device is the actual key to 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 the platform you don't need to have a password why why would you I mean you can optionally have it for all sorts of reasons but uh, yeah a user to just try it out just click one button and, and be be done with it I mean I was even thinking to take it one step further to like let people try the note app. And not even create a user account, but yeah, it creates so much complexity in the code that I so like screw it. People at least have to create this user account. And I mean, what what happens is like you just call one endpoint that says like, hey, I'm this new device. Please register me as a user. There is my public signing key for the user. There's my public key for the device. And hello, I'm this user. And yeah, as soon as you create the node, you basically send the encrypted data, and and the device always authenticates to the server. And the server in the end is like a very dumb messaging storage. Yeah, it has some metadata about you, obviously. Unfortunately, I, th- I think there's a lot of things that can be done to like remove and, and solve 
step by step. But yeah, basically it was because it was like which is very nice and easy, but it also has downsides because basically you have no like if there's no password or no email, you you have no restore mechanism. Mm. Yeah, that's another feature like and has this private key if you lose your device you, you lose your access this can be a feature but for some most people it's probably like an issue so linking multiple devices is a good thing possibly there's like i'm thinking a lot about like backup backup strategies for people that are very smooth and easy possible a, a restore mechanism where you could have a virtual password you can unlock it yeah a lot of things to think about so it's like you you maybe Maybe, yeah, it's really nice to have this one-click sign-up, but on the other hand, you, you have to uh, think about other, other, it's always trade-offs. <laughs> Everything yeah, is trade-offs. Well, yeah. this could be features you, you add in the future. There's zero friction, get up and running. And honestly, it was mind-blowing. Like, I, I wish more applications gave you this as the first step. And then down the line, you could layer on, you know, a password or, or whatever, but, but that, you know, you don't have to start with that. And it, I mean, it really, uh, I, I was just kind of like, that, that, that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I, you know, it was a really amazing experience. So I, I think you killed it on the usability front. So I've, I've, got, I've got an account, you know, what, what can I do? You know, I can create notes, share them with people, you know, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So Basically, like, I mean, it's a, it's a note-taking app. So yeah, you, you can create notes and you, you can, right now there's a very limited set of, of formatting options. You can have headlines and unordered lists, ordered lists, checklists. You can have like checkboxes that you can tick. And yeah, like adding these editor features because it's all based on prose mirror would be actually be very easy. I've done this in, in, in several client projects, several times, like build full-fledged complex editors. But the hard part is like, or like not the hard part, but right now I'm, I'm really like careful to add features because every feature that you add is like, you know, it has to be aligned with the whole direction. And since I'm not thinking about the direction, yeah, starting simple is the, the way I, I went and, and then adding, thinking about adding more. One thing I definitely want to add soon is either bi-directional links what you have in Rome or Notion that you can basically link to another node and then on the other node you can also see oh this links here that enables this concept of like a second brain where you can just drop everything and you can link between your thoughts and you you can basically create this collection of your own knowledge and yeah, I think this aligns very well with, with the idea like uh, that, that kind of scares me <laughs> when I think about other applications that have these features as well. It's like you you put your, your most secret thoughts into an app where you, yeah, it's un unencrypted, it's scary. I don't know, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> and yeah, and other than that, but you also have the choice. And this was like one important part from like, oh, it was really, really relevant for me to, to, to figure this out before even releasing the first version is to be able to collaborate with others. I want to be able to like, if I do like simple things like a, a, a shopping list with, uh, with a family i just want to like write down what what we need to buy and be able to have like a checklist and, and check on it but i want to be also be able to like if i'm i'm drafting up a contract or discussing in a, a contract with some with a, a co-worker uh, and a colleague i want to just 
put the draft in there and share with them and and they should be able to like extend it change it comment it and we can collaborate on this before anyone else can see it and i, I want to have the certainty to work on it together yeah and yeah like I, I was a little bit torn like is this collaboration feature really necessary but then on the other hand i was really happy to like dig in and and make it happen because it, it really helped me to have something very solid before i'm launching the first version and not have a lot of breaking changes and and yeah it was good I think you know where I stand on this, but I think every application should have collaboration. It's, you know, I wish Google Docs and Gmail would merge so that I could work with people on my emails. And like, I live in Google Docs and spreadsheets and it's, you know, it's changed everything, you know? So I, I think note-taking being collaborative is, is really important. Obviously there's an insane amount of complexity there. So I could see why you might not want to have that in, 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 in V1, but you did it and it's awesome. So this works across across devices, platforms, like who can collaborate with whom? Pretty much any, anyone, anything? Well, not yet, but getting there. So, so far, yeah, the, the, the idea is, first of all, I wanted to ship applications, start with, with that and not focus on the web. I can tell a little bit about that later. But so I started out shipping an iOS and Android application. It's built on React Native. That's why it was so uh, nice and easy to ship that. But because of that, it was also like, I mean, this was kind of the plan early on. There's also React Native now for macOS and Windows. And I actually got the macOS version compiled a couple of days ago. So the first beta will probably be out already on the website once this talk will be, be up. And yeah, so, so macOS was the next one. Then I want to go for Windows next and yeah, Linux. Might be a bit trickier, might have to build that on top of Electron, so it might be more work, but let's see, yeah, well, where the focus will be and so on. And why applications? Like, I wanted to have it offline first. This again, it's a user experience thing. I, I, I really don't, like, note-taking should be something like, I should be any, should be able to do it from, from anywhere. Like, be in a forest with no reception and... Like I have this idea and I wanna, I don't wanna wait on a server for 10 seconds over to get download something over edge. Just be just like open the app, write down my thoughts and uh, be done with it. And yeah, building apps is, is again, this user experience thing where you can do it, where you can have this local storage. You can integrate with the, the secure storages like on macOS and, and iOS, you can, put the device secrets into keychain uh, there's something similar for windows android also has a secure storage and and yeah it basically enables a lot of like things that that make it uh, more secure and also in terms of usability the only downside i love the web so it really is, is painful to like not focus on the web first but yeah it, it's it also it's it has some security implications like do you really want to store device secrets in a local storage or index DB, what if people like it's a little bit about protecting your user like i don't know if i if i tell my mom okay yeah you can use it now in the web she might go to an internet cafe login and forget to log out and that would mean device secrets could be on that or like data could be on that device and that's a little bit scary, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, probably still web needs to happen, but then it also needs to come with education for the users of the implications. And I haven't tackled that in, in any way yet. <laughs> a few building blocks to get there. 
Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I live in a forest with no reception. So I, <laughs> I appreciate the fact that I can do it anytime because, you know, inspiration hits and I'm like, Oh man, I forgot about this. And so I, yeah. you know, I use it to take notes all the time just when things hit me oh i forgot about that i need to do this so i you know i find offline you know really helpful i think all apps should be offline first so there's a lot of really cool and complex software going on under the hood here you talked a little bit about react js what is this built on so first of all it's react native for the mobile apps use expo for the, you don't have to for, for the desktop apps but you're basically using the same code base which is fantastic so you have you, you built yeah with react native you built the user interface and then it's it's javascript at its core i'm using typescript to have some typing i don't care too much about the types at the moment i mean it was it evolved from a prototype and then then yeah I, not all, everything kind of percent type safe but um getting there over time and yeah, then, then basically the encryption libraries is all Mac all. This is like in the underlying encryption library used by the matrix protocol. And they built this, they built this library. We also got reviewed like by a security review, but basically they had like cryptographers checking, is this rock solid? And the interesting thing is that this library, and this is also why I, why I chose it, is written in, I think it's C, and it can compile to WebAssembly, to ASM.js, bindings in Python, Java, whatnot. And this makes it very appealing for an SDK because basically the underlying, one of the underlying building blocks that's very relevant is, is already has support for dozens of of dozens of of uh, programming languages and yeah the the only downside is of using but not directly the matrix protocol you basically one level deeper and you have to deal with a lot of stuff like you have to figure out how this how it, how it works how to create the session how to decrypt encrypt stuff and and basically the api is not that simple and that's why i think there's a lot of value in the sdk because it can abstract a lot of that and make it possible to share documents. The other thing that Serenity Notes is, is built upon is a um, CATD engine, so collaborative data, collaborative replicate data structures, YJS from Kevin Yance. And yeah, this, so YJS in combination with Prosmere, which is the editor, is, is just a place to use. It's, it's so nice and easy to, it's, it's just a couple lines of code and you're, you're up and running and, and it's super smooth to, to basically build documents or like a rich text editor, that a real-time collaboration. There's a couple of things that I can't do. Like I can't use the, the normal YGS server because WebSocket server, for example, because it, it, yeah, it sends everything unencrypted. This is really nice to, to make like wikis or, or I don't know, help docs or like, yeah. There's plenty of use cases for Prosmere and YJS, but yeah, if you combine it with end-to-end -end encryption, you, you basically have to take every update um, or every document, fully encrypt it, then send it over. So you need, I needed this custom, I need to write this custom protocol um, that's optimized for, uh, for, for this end-to-end -end encryption use case. And there's also like one question that I haven't been asked yet, but like if you, if you really dig deeper, why? Why not directly use matrix? And the the thing is like why why what what's different between matrix and kind of like the serenity protocol? Matrix is built in a way that it's it's like a messaging app. So you always receive every message. But the thing is, and you you basically the whole protocol is built in a way that you actually receive 
every message, but or you have to receive them kind of. And but with Serenity, it's it's different because it's it's a focused about shared data. Right now, the protocol is very simple, but basically you always send, get the latest state. And you don't need the updates in between. You just can get the latest one because the latest one will be like the fully encrypted document. This works well with nodes that are smallish, but yeah, they're... so if you have hundreds of people on the node and everyone has, and the node is very long, like a megabyte, you suddenly need to download a hundred megabytes to get this document, it's full possible state. So there's like, this could be problematic for the protocol. But on the other hand, there's like, plenty of optimizations that I already have in mind and I want to do like, and then again, this wouldn't work with Matrix because there you receive every message, but I want to, and currently like a first optimization would be give different uh, update entries, either a snapshot, like it would be kind of a snapshot system where you say like, this is a snapshot and this is an update reaching back to this snapshot. And then you could have, then you could have like, you only have to download it once and then you can get smaller chunks like a video codec works. And so you can definitely optimize the, the, optimize the, the whole data exchange. Yeah. Because yeah, this end-to-end encryption part, since, you, since the server doesn't know what's in there, basically it makes it a little bit harder to, to efficiently send the client the, the smallest possible, the smallest amount of data to, to have the full document. Yeah. We did a, a talk with you and Kevin Jans about end-to-end encryption with CRDTs a couple of weeks back. I will put that in the show notes for people to check out. And I'd love to have you back to dig into the Serenity technology more because it, it's insane. It's so cool. And it's, it's you know, it, it was not easy to put together. So a lot of these, you know, all of these tools, YJS, Matrix, they're, they're open source. Is Serenity open source as well? Yes. Well, not all of it, at least not now. So what's open source is, is the is the all the clients and everything that is client related. So the editor part is open source. The, the iOS or like React Native application code for iOS, Android. Although I haven't released the Mac version yet, the code is already on open source and you could check it out. So I'm trying to like since I I, I made the initial launch, I'm trying to like build in public except for the backend and this is more for strategic reasons like um or like not, not strategic but i'm not sure if it's a good idea to open source the backend because uh, like for once someone could just take the project and do something else with it that's like and not open sourcing i mean the, the backend is pretty simple but like yeah um still like it could make it maybe too easy or this is my thinking maybe i'm just too worried about it could make it too easy for someone like to take it and um, uh, take funding and then do something else with it. I mean, it's all under an H A under a N H E P L license. So technically, they, they would have they would need to open source it as well. But yeah, I'm I'm still I'm, I'm thinking a lot about like open sourcing the backend and giving people insights there. But I'm I'm just not sure. It also probably depends on the direction and yeah. Let's see. But for in terms of like checking the security, everything anyway has to happen on the client and the client has to be, has to make sure that everything is secure. So everything can be checked. 
And yeah, I mean, this whole not open source in the backend was actually inspired by ProtonMail. I don't know if you ever heard about this, but they, they do exactly the same. Everything like the client code is completely public, but they haven't open sourced the backend. Simply, uh, I think they mentioned it in a talk, but don't, don't, I'm not 100% sure anymore that yeah, they have the same concerns that like they, they want to offer this as a service. And yes, they want to be very public and open about it, but they don't want people to take the, the backend and host it themselves and, and then, yeah, struggle with it, possibly even like create insecure instances and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, misuse of the technology, thinking you're secure when you're not monetization strategies. I mean, Hey man, you, you've put a lot of effort into this. You deserve to make money and you should. So it makes total sense that you would not open source all components. Given that it is open source, you know, you mentioned, you know, security reviews. Is there anything, you know, are you looking for contributors? Or are you putting it out there more just for, you know, Hey, you can audit this. You can see it secure. This is cool. Uh, either way. I, I mean, I have not high expectations for like people actively contributing. I already have been proven wrong. Someone is like halfway done with like implementing dark mode. I absolutely didn't expect that. I already got like not per se open source that someone's contributing code, but like I got some people that are designers and they like drafting user interface proposals and how, what they would do and change. And it's like, to have these conversations ongoing with like whole, yeah, screenshots of like Figma, um, Figma drafts and, and polished uh, designs. Uh, so yeah, building in public is, is really doing something that I, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, I've done a lot of open source in the past, which was in libraries. So very focused for like to consume by developers. And there you, you get, I think it's way easier to get contributions because they might need something or there it's very, I don't know, it has an appeal to contribute to, to, to open source work. And, and yeah, then, it, then it's, so I was actually very surprised that people actually care and, and dig into the whole thing and, and, and yeah, try to contribute and it's fantastic. <laughs> We, we did, a, as part of our open source leadership series, we did an interview with Linus Torvalds that just went live this week. And one of the questions that we asked him was like, what, you know, what was like a turning point moment for you? And, and surprisingly, he said what you just said now, like when people first started contributing, he was like, it was kind of mind blowing. Like, I kind of just put it out there. I didn't really think anyone would be interested. You know, I'm like, dude, like it's powering a helicopter on Mars. And your turning point was, was someone, you know, you know, and, and he was like, you know, the fact that, you know, that was like, uh, you know, his one of his favorite and like biggest moments was the earliest contributions. So, you know, hopefully uh, things will will take off from there. We've talked a lot about the code, you know, running a startup is, is really challenging and something that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I'm really curious, you know, you know, the, the technology aside. What's been, you know, what's been the hardest challenge that you faced in, in getting this live and out the door? Yeah, I think, well, I have to say, it takes a village to launch a product. It's just like doing this alone. I mean, I had some people trying, like, I mean, some people helped. Or like, that was just like sending it to people and giving fee. Uh, they they really giving valuable feedback. Some people trying it out and so on, friends and family. And, and this is tremendously helpful. But like, still, uh, if I need to fix something or if you need to like redo the UI design because your first draft wasn't good enough, yeah, you have to do it yourself. And, and then there's all these things like uh, you, you code yourself, you, you do marketing stuff, you prepare the product hunt post, this is everything. And then like, 
also the other the other probably like the one thing I'm, I'm proud of is like really sticking to it i mean i started this one and a half years ago or something and it's like okay i gonna i gonna pull pull through with this i, I want to see this happening i want to see a notes app that is end-to-end -end encrypted and yeah it, that's why i also picked the notes app because i i i wanted to have something that i really would be happy to use i wouldn't like if, if i made some app for someone that i where I don't know the outcome, I probably wouldn't have done it for one and a half years and like read into all the, the security stuff and, and yeah, and doing this on the side, spending evenings instead of like watching Netflix, reading through a, through a, a encryption paper. This is, yeah, I'm happy that I have the energy and, and uh, support from, from uh, friends and family to, to do this. Uh, cool. Well, congratulations, man. It, it really, the dedication to get this live is amazing. You know, as a as a founder, you wear you know you have many different roles. You sort of have your founder role, you have your you know business management role, you have your you know your technology role. You know, you're you're doing you know three full time jobs as a founder in a lot of cases, and so it takes an insane amount of dedication. And you know, clearly you have that you know given what it's take to get in here. So let's talk a little bit about the future of Serenity. You know, you, you have some really great ideas. What's coming next? You know, what's, what's coming over the next like six months or so? Yeah. So for once, I definitely want to continue like evolving the notes app. And the one, one big thing that is like very, that's coming very soon, as I already mentioned, is the macOS app. Also want to ship the, the Windows app right after that. Then there's things like one thing that I didn't consider too important in the beginning, like yeah, because I thought like, yeah, you just link between multiple devices but it came up a lot is like people want to have a, a, a dedicated backup solution. This, it was very important to people who know uh, the implications of end-to-end -end encryption that they, they want to have the, the raw data. But that, that's the beauty of customer feedback. As soon as I like, the more people I showed it, this came up more and more. I mean, it's, it's definitely coming from a certain group, but this is also a group I care about. And so, yeah. And, and so some kind of like, there's two proposals that I'm haven't written out yet, but I, I want to basically draft up as an RF, uh, RFC and then then implement is backup and media support. So media support is all kinds of attachments, PDF documents that you can simply attach to a note or images or videos and so on and so forth. And yeah, then then Linux is uh, as said I want it should be there. But yeah, it's, it's a longer story or like, I have to figure out like, well, what's, what's the best path to get there. And yeah, yeah then the browser based version. <laughs> That's the... awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, possibly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, there's, there's other things like in terms of UX right now, how to, how to add a contact. I don't have anything like phone number validation or email validation right now. You really have to send a code to someone else and that first of all, this code could be a link. There's like deep linking. So then it becomes way, way easier to understand because currently people get like a little bit of like gibberish characters and a series of characters. And they, a lot of them are confused. Hey, what is this? This is your serenity invite. <laughs> like what? Okay. Yeah. So this can be definitely uh, nice and easy. And yeah, as already mentioned, uh, the editor, there's 
uh, history. It's like it's with YGS, it's something uh, YGS has snapshots, has a snapshot feature. So it would be something like it probably just takes a week to unlock it. But yeah, need to find that week. And yeah, so there's, there's plenty of things coming. And then on the other hand, heavily thinking about like how much I involve the Serenity nodes per se versus like focusing also on an SDK to, to because that could be the big thing to unlock a lot of people to build end-to-end encrypted applications. So that's this, like going towards this 300-year future. I want to talk a lot more about the SDK, but first, as a user, I want to vote for attachments and snapshots because I, I, you know, attachments are are self-explanatory, but snapshots, like I delete stuff, I edit things. And then like two weeks later, I'm like, oh man, like I I want, you know, I I didn't want to get rid of that or or what was it, you know, that I was thinking that I got rid of. So it's, it's great to have, I use snapshots and Google docs all the time to go back to revisions. Both of these are right. (laughs) (laughs) Where should I get the paying account? As you say, I say, well, you know, (laughs) there's a fast track to getting that, Mike. So, you know, we've teased the SDK. I think that this is game changing. Tell me a little bit more about it. What, you know, what is the SDK going to do? Well, th- that's also a little bit open, but basically what I, I think, I mean, what I have right now is I have this, this working technology that allows you to build applications with like end-to-end encrypted collaborative data. So you, you could put anything there. Like you could have, I don't know, a combined calendar data, like a data structure that is represented in, in, in lists and maps and, and whatnot. And you could, because YJS supports it or I, uh, several other CLTT implementations, but I'm, I'm working a lot with YJS. And like, because it supports it, you could build all sorts of applications. And this technology to like, yeah, it, I, like it, it took me a long time to understand the, all the different parts and I basically have like knowledge and, and, and experience also with like different layers or like these layers underneath, but like you can abstract it to a way simpler API. And, and that would be the SDK to like give people a, a series of like simpler functions like create device and then you get back the device information and store it you can store it in your keychain and then like send open open this document or open this data set and then you can say like share it with this contact and you could be this could be like very high level functions that abstract a lot of the complexity with all like the account verification for example i mean like how how like you know if, if you have two devices, I have two devices, we basically, I'm, and we add each other as a contact. If you send it uh, from one device, you basically have to make sure it gets sent to your other device, but also to the other two devices myself. And, and there's a lot of like cross-signing and so on and so forth. And, and all this kind of stuff, if people don't have to really know the nitty gritty details and yeah, this high level API, but there's also, and that's, that's the, big question for me is like at what level should this SDK be? There could be several entry points. So you could get, you could expose more low level API and then maybe higher levels, but yeah, I have to figure out like, and I'm basically talking to a lot of people at the moment that have some interest, like what would they want to use? What are their 
their limitations. Like some have existing users in, in production systems, like how could you combine it with the, uh, and so on and so forth. And there's a lot of like details that I'm currently trying to figure out. Yeah. And let's see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. You know, it, it's going to be challenging on one front because you have a consumer application and this is, you know, much more an enterprise and, and doing the two simultaneously is going to be challenging. You, you may have to pick one of the other, especially in the short yeah. term. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, they're, they're, they're both awesome products. You know, the, the ability for, you know, you to enable uh, others to add you know, and, and real time, you know, you know, collaboration with encryption is amazing. You know, you know, anybody could do that with ease with this SDK. And so it could be really powerful. So I, I joked about upgrading earlier to the, to the paid version. What is the pricing model? How does this work? You know, there's a free version, there's a paid version. What's the difference? Yeah, so, so far I limited it to free notes. So if you, if you have, if you sign up, you, you can sign up for free with this one button, nothing to pay, and you can continue to use it with free notes and collaborate with free people and link free devices. So this is free, free, free. And then basically, if you, if you want to have more notes or if you want to collaborate with a larger group of people on one note, you have to have the paid version and only the person who who really creates the node and, and wants to collaborate with 10 people, they have to pay. So it's not like if you want to, so you can even have like, you can invite 10 different accounts to work on your node. So it's really like opting in for, for everyone to use it and, and not be, have a, have a hard payable for, yeah, to make it hard to use. But yeah, this is also like, I mean, this is very early pricing and I have to see if this works and, and possibly change it over time. I basically aligned it a lot, like checked out other node applications and saw what, what is their, uh, what are their tiers and their pricing and, and try to align it with that. But yeah, it. I might have different audiences, so I need to see how this how this changes over time. And I mean, definitely would grandfather existing users, so they're not gonna uh, want to make someone angry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think your pricing is very reasonable. You know, five dollars a month for the personal pro, ten for the team. You know, if if you're using this, it's going to bring more than five dollars of value a month. I think that's a very, very reasonable ask. So, you know, I, I think that this pricing is great. Yeah. Basically, I mean, it's one or two coffees, depending on where you live. I, I thought about this, but I haven't done it. I mean, <laughs> this um, uh, just writing on the pricing page is like one coffee a month. <laughs> but yeah, not yet. <laughs> I think one of my favorite things is is the, the the pricing tagline. It says, "We need to charge because we can't sell your data." <laughs> <laughs> that really made me laugh. So you know, another reason to pay for your privacy. You know, I don't think people really think about the fact that you know Facebook and Instagram and all these things are like mining your data and you know privacy. You know, that's a small small price for for privacy and there are many other reasons. So last question, you know, you're, you just launched, you know, you, you talked about input and feedback from users. We talked a little bit about, you know, vetting the code for security, any asks of people that are going to check it out? 
Basically, I mean, the, the, the most important one would be like, give it a try and let me know what you think. Like, if you miss something, let me know. If you find a bug, let me know. Just on Twitter, reach out to Nick Graf, N-I-K-G-R-A-F, directly, serenity underscore notes underscore. Yeah, or send an email to hi at serenity serenity.re and yeah feedback is is right now at this stage the most important also like if you have a use case for the sdk definitely let me know because i'm like customer feedback right now is is, is the most valuable thing that i that i can have and especially from people with real use cases and yeah Awesome. Well, congratulations on the launch, Nick. I know this was a, a lot of work and time to get there. It's really, really great to see it live. Thank and you very much. I'm excited too. <laughs> and appreciate you joining us for another talk. Um, to our listeners, you know, if you guys like this talk, uh, please remember to upvote, subscribe and share it out. Help get the word out about Serenity Notes. It's a really cool application. Uh, you can check out our past uh, talks at tag1.com slash tag team talks, including that end-to-end uh, -end encryption talk that Nick did with Kevin that really gets into the, you know, some of the technical details and how this works under the hood. You can send us your feedback and topic suggestions uh, about tag1 team talks to ttt at tag1.com. Uh, again, you know, huge thank you, Nick. Uh, and thank you to everybody who tuned in. Please make sure to check out and download uh, Serenity Notes at serenity.re. Take care.